Welcome back, bitches. It's another episode of Planet Dirtbag. I'm Hannah, as you hopefully know by this point. I'm coming to you live from Southern California. Today we have another astrologer. It's been a while since we've had um, a more astrologically centered episode. Um, And yeah, so today Lisa Stardust is in our orbit. Lisa, how's it going? Good. How are you both doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm right now. I'm just like battling a cold, um, which is fine. It's whatever. I'm like Latinx, so I shouldn't be feeling a cold. You know, like I'm from the south. Like I should be like having a fever and being hot. But whatever. What can you do in Queens? Oh, I'm so sorry to hear. Don't worry. I'm a Leo. Nothing can bring me down. Um, I'll destroy myself before. I let weakness get to me, so I'm just going through a few painkillers and parting it up till the very end. I'll be sick when I'm dead. (laughs) I'll sleep when I'm dead. That's what I always say. And where are you coming live from, Lisa? Um, I'm actually in Queens, right by you, Albie. And for those of you who, you know, are in the... I'm going to share you some behind the scenes info. Albie and I were talking about how we're going to go get Lemon Ice King in Corona this summer, which is like a very famous, you know, Italian ice place, ices place for all the Queens natives. So if you're in Queens, this is a plug for Lemon Ice King. If you're in Queens, you've got to get Lemon Ices from the Lemon Ice King of Corona. It's the best. It's a staple. That's crazy because I've lived in Queens my whole life and I'm yet to ever have it. I've lived in Queens my whole life, so I'm going to take you. Yes, we must. You around our neighborhood more. As we get started, I do want to know, well, I've I've known Lisa Stardust through Annabelle Gatt, who was like my astrology teacher. One of my main ones. I've only really had two main astrology teachers. It was Anne Ordley who I met back in 2017 as I was like just randomly walking through Midtown and found the Open Center. And then I met Annabelle Gatt as I was like through an orderly suggestion and through like Annabelle Gatt's like small knit group of like astrologers she was helping to raise. I met Lisa Stardust. Yeah, we met at our at my birthday party, well, the Gemini birthday party, because Annabelle, who is our teacher, she's been my teacher for many, many moons. She had a party for all of her Gemini students because I guess she had a bunch of them. And, you know, Gemini slash cancer students. And we all met at the party, and Albie shows up looking debonair as always. <laughs> and we had we met at Mood Ring. Was it Mood Ring or was it? Um... It, it, was. <laughs> it was Mood it Ring. Was. I love how we're like, was it? We don't even remember. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was quite a night. Um, but yeah, we met up in Williamsburg, and we all were just talking astrology all night it was kind of fun everyone was looking up everyone's charts it was fun it was quite an evening for all typically i like hate talking astrology with people 
But that night, that evening was a vibe, and I met so many cool people. Like, it was not corny to be an astrologer that night. So I mean, yeah, because we're awesome. So, of course, you know, everyone else who's not an astrologer wants to be an astrologer. So, you know. That's so true. But I did want to know, like, what was your astrological origin story? Like, where did you... What introduced you to astrology? I've been studying astrology my whole life. But, you know, when I met Annabelle, I think it was during the early days of my Saturn return, I really began to take it very seriously, more seriously than before. Um, Annabelle probably was, well, probably she was. (laughs) No, she was, not probably. She was was the person who really changed my life and, you know, the direction of my life for the better. So meeting her at a store one night where she was giving readings at a party in the Lower East Side was really serendipitous and it really changed my life. So after then, I've been a student for, for life. Was this like a little recent, like when I met you, like, three years ago no i'm a, I'm a little bit older i've already outlived my saturn return oh. so i don't want to give my age on the i know i look really i'm a gemini so i look really youthful for my age i guess gemini's always have that eternal glow gemini's and leo's you know mm-hmm. we have that like eternal youth look but that was many many moons ago so that's why I decided to write a book on the Saturn return because it really changed my life and I wanted to help other people. So for those of you who don't know, I actually have a book that just came out called the Saturn return survival guidebook. And it's about how to return, how to to return, how to survive your Saturn return if you're going through one. Wow. Okay. So, well, if we're getting into the book right now, I do want to know who is Saturn? Well, Saturn is, as as you, the kids call it these days, Saturn is the daddy planet. <laughs> I always feel, like, weird saying that. I guess it's because I never called my dad daddy. So it's like, you know, it's like, hey, dad. Like, hey, bra. No, it's, like, it's like the daddy. Like, yeah, um, Saturn is the, the planet of authority. It's basically you know the planet that we res- that relates the most to the paternal figure or the father figure in our charts just because it's more known as like the quote-unquote disciplinarian but it's also really about you know the structure the tasks that we have to do that we may not want to do you know the rules and everything that we have to live by even if we don't necessarily agree with them so like what inspired you to write your book and when did you start like did you start around like your Saturn return did you start afterwards I wrote this book during lockdown so (laughs) during queen and lockdown so it was a really interesting time because you know Saturn is a planet that really makes you look inward and really deal with a lot of in your life if that needs to be changed and reassess things just because it's more of a reflective planet and you're dealing with karma and you're dealing with your family and you're dealing with structures that need to be changed or out how to deal with living through them and a lot of things have changed in my life for the better and 
you know, I really have changed so much during this process and during quarantine. I actually got really sick in the middle of writing my book, actually two times, and it wasn't from any COVID-related illnesses, but what happened was it really made me reflect, you know, when I was in the editorial stages of this book, just about where my life was going and the type of life that I want to lead and how to be a better person. So you mentioned a little bit like you started this during lockdown and you got sick during it. Like what did your writing process look like? And do you feel like lockdown is reflected in that? Like how did you go about writing it? I thought it would be a really great distraction to write books and to do all of this work while the world was kind of like asleep. While a lot of things were shut down and it actually was kind of hard I think for me because it really became very exhausting and very tiresome I think towards the end process just because I was dealing with a lot of things that you know I had been put to like the sidelines of my life so I really had to deal with you know family stuff and like I said it was really about me deciding the type of energy I want in my life, how to live my best life, how I can be the most authentic version of myself. I think that's that's also like really important with a book. I feel like so much of your shadow just comes out. Yeah, I mean, dealing with your shadow side is something that I think a lot of writers deal with just because mm -hmm. you're using your head a lot and you're basically working solo and you're living through your mind and you're not really engaging with people. So for me, it was more solitary, which is a very Saturn, Saturnian energy. Mm -hmm. And it was just about, I have to do this work. I have to monitor the amount of work that I do. I have a tendency to take on a lot of work just because I'm a workaholic and I love it. But then I had to take a step back and say, you know, there's more to life than just working, you know? Okay. So it's just more time to smell the roses. I feel like there's a lot of just, obviously the book itself is about Saturn, but there's a lot of Saturn energies around it as well. You know, like the restrictions of, you know, like, health issues, everything else, and like dealing with your shadow during all of this process and doing it alone. Yeah, I mean, it was a really transformative time. And it's interesting because, as I said in the book, we all go through different tests that Saturn puts us through at different times of our lives. And I was having a lot of Saturnian energies that were happening and transits during the time that I was writing this book. So it was really interesting to see that in the end, I really decided to take the high road and really just do what's best, I think, for myself and put myself first because, you know, I am a Gemini, so I am Gemini with a Libra rising. And what happens is that I'm not a people pleaser, I would say, but I don't like to stir the, like, create drama or be, you know, be messy. So... I really tend to just go with what everyone says and you know it really taught me to stand up for myself and to you know stand up for other people as well and if it happens that they don't agree with me then at least I know I did the right thing. 
Very true. <laughs> Very true. Okay, so you mentioned you're a Gemini with a Libra rising. What's your moon? And do you feel like any of your placements suggest your line of work? Like, do you feel like there was some kind of allusion to your draw to astrology or the written word within your within your chart? Uh, my moon is in Sagittarius. I was born on an exact full moon in Sagittarius. And I, you know, with a Gemini sun, I am a writer. I'm not very much of a great communicator verbally. So <laughs> I, meant, I tend to really be more, I get really tripped up when I have to talk. Um, but, you know, I really am more geared to the written word just because I kind of love creatively expressing the things that go on in my head and in my mind and I really like sharing a lot I also really like writing about love and relationships and friendships so in a lot of the work that I do I'm always like oh like um like this relationship friendship partnership situationship you know, I really love to focus on that and a lot of the work that I do because I feel that the number one thing that a lot of people come to me about is relationships, so. So true. I feel like that's what most people come to astrology for, like to figure out like what's going on in my love life. Lisa, I did want to, I always wondered this about you. Where did the name Lisa Stardust originate from? Oh, you don't get the name. Um... Annabelle. <laughs> Annabelle. No, I'm obsessed with that. I mean, I love Persona and I love a good, like, pen stage name. It has another layer to the being that you are. Um, it's weird because at the time that I began writing astrology and writing horoscopes and being a professional astrologer, like, by having a website, you know, um, I... <laughs> was also substitute teaching and I didn't want the students to find me on the internet. I was really worried that they were or, you know, any exes to find me and, you know, I'm really protective of what I share with people just because, you know, like I've lived, been there and lived that, you know what I mean? I like to have my own sense of you know, privacy, because I'm really not that cool in real life, so I'm just kidding, <laughs> um, but, you know, I like to just... No, I think you're very cool, actually. Well, I'm a um, Leo, so my, um, I, I'm obsessed with personas, so, like, gnarly, that's just one of my many personas I have in this world. Um, <laughs> but I did want to wonder, what is, like, a common misconception people have about astrology? Um... I would say the one thing is that people always say astrology isn't real. Um, I mean, I always say that it doesn't matter if it's real or not. It's a tool to understand yourself and the world around you better. So I feel that if we're going by technicals, who knows what's real? You know, let's get metaphysical. Like, who knows anymore? You know, is what we see real is, you know... I think that just really allowing yourself to just say this is just a tool that's given for like centuries as a way to understand myself and my place in the world and you know the universe around me and people and how I relate to people I mean the other thing is that all Gemini's are shady because 
I don't know. I've never really met like a shady Gemini. I mean, Gemini, I, I used to be really, I used to be like a party, crazy party person, you know, back in college. You could also say, hey, I was like 18 years old and having freedom for the first time. That is a common misconception. As a Gemini rising and a Gemini Venus and a Virgo Mercury. So I'm very mercurial. And that is true. Geminis are not shady at all. Um, One of my friends just says that Geminis are all about like code switching and understanding when to like switch their personas, how to disseminate information and also just how to change their minds when new information just comes flowing in or we just don't care literally i feel like this podcast is about getting rid of gemini hate and loving annabelle gat this podcast is also a gemini rising if i remember correctly well it's great for communication and expressing yourselves so speaking of common misconceptions about astrology what do you think are some common misconceptions about Saturn specifically? You know, if we're talking about the Saturn return, the misconception is that things are going to get tense. Your life isn't going to fall apart. It's just going to be restored in a better way. So I think that the most important thing to, you know, realize is that you're just basically creating a better structure for yourself and also learning more about your support system. So what I always say is that, you know, things things have to go, things have to come in, things have to be reshuffled. Um, it doesn't mean things are over. It just means that things are on ice for a hot minute. Things are changing, things are evolving, and you're basically finding your place in the world. That's so enchanting because, like, I know, well, I think most people now more than ever since astrology became a little bit of a, it's having its pop culture come back. Um, most people understand that, like, when you hit 27 or 30, you have your Saturn return and you face one of your biggest crises or success in life and it deals with karma. But I do want to ask you, like, can you give us more insight into, like, ages and how that plays out? The Saturn return? Well, you have three Saturn returns in your life. The first one when you're between the ages of 27 to 29. Then you have the second one in your mid to late 50s. And then the third one in your 80s. And the first one is just about really finding your place in the world. Basically becoming an adult. Um, And then the second one is about reflection. About all that you've accomplished and where you want to go for the next half of your life. Because when you're in your fifties, you're kind of looking forward to well, you are looking forward to your retirement and you're thinking about what you can really bring in, what activities you want to, you know, encompass in your retirement and where you want to live, like your pension planning, all that stuff. And then in your eighties, it's about reflection about a life, well lived so the 20s is all about saturn return in the late 20s is about bossing up in the mid 50s it's about carpe dming the next phase of your life and because you're still young enough to do everything that you've always wanted to do so why not do it now and then in your 80s it's just about reflection and enjoying all the fruits of your labors so it's kind of like in a way as you mature with Saturn, the effects of a Saturn return also mature. 
Yeah. Okay. So Saturn is just Saturn's, basically. <laughs> Fabulous, Lisa. Thank you for going through with us with Saturn. But I do want to know, like, what is Saturn doing right now? What are they up to? What is something to look out for in the astro weather? Okay, so let's just start from the top. Saturn will be retrograde until October 10th. And it started its retrograde on May 23rd in Aquarius. And... You know, the next date to look out for is going to be July 1st when Saturn and Mars oppose each other. And that's going to be big arguments with authority. And dynamics are going to change. Right now, we're dealing with karmic love stories and karmic relationships because Aquarius is all about friendships and taking a step back and looking for reason and understanding saturn is quite the cock block every time i'm out and like a bouncer or like security is being really mean to me or an older person being really mean to me i look at the chart for right now and if i see saturn on top i'm like uh okay i'm fighting against daddy right now and he's gonna car try to card me and tell me to do the right thing so watch out speaking of Saturn transits to come. What's the significance of the upcoming Saturn Uranus square? Like I had that natally Saturn squaring my Uranus and now it's coming back and it's kind of like flipped. Sure. So I mean the Saturn Uranus square, the first one that is 17th and then the second one is on just happened on June 14th and the third one is going to happen on December 24th. And when this happens, we have Saturn, who's in Aquarius, is going to be opposing Uranus, who's in Taurus. And this is going to be about fighting the patriarchy, fighting the norms of society, basically stepping up and really taking time to, like, evolve and to break down the walls, break the walls, the glass ceiling, stuff like that. So it's really just a really big time of evolution. Ooh, okay, this might be a full cir uh, another circle back, but I do want to know, like, what was going on in your natal Saturn, at least thematically? I think that we all have different Saturn returns. For me, I was really going through a pivotal time where I had to take a step back and I really had to be more cognizant of the type of people who were coming into my world and my orb and really focus on myself and also I would say stop being critical of myself for me particularly what when is your Saturn return Albie? Um, my Saturn return is until, um, probably 28, I think, um, 10 degrees of Aries, and it's a pretty loaded Saturn, um, natally, like, my Saturn is in a cross, it's squaring my Mars, it's squaring Jupiter, it's also opposite Chiron and the North Node, and it's conjunct the South Node, so I feel like in this lifetime, everything I do and everyone I meet and the places I've gone through, like, it's all karmically loaded. Always pulling in things from the past, pulling in things from the future. It's... I live a really weird life, sort of. Oh, that's cool. And what about your Saturn return? Um, for me, I'm not sure. I have a Taurus Saturn. It's at, like, 13 degrees. Um, I'm not sure exactly when that'll be. I'm, like, 21 right now, so I've got a little bit of time. 
but my Saturn, yeah, it's it's in Taurus in the tenth house, conjuncting my like Jupiter, my Moon, and then it's squaring my Venus. So the Saturn conjunct Jupiter. You were born during a year, obviously, where there was a great conjunction. Mm-hmm. So Jupiter and Saturn together is a great conjunction. So that's cool. That's that's crazy. The people that were born, I think the year after me, there is a great conjunction then. So Yeah, right now, um, Hannah's going through her Saturn square, and I'm going through my Saturn sextile. Oh, so that's cool. So you both are learning a lot about karmic things in your life. But I don't know. Like learning to understand your power... And where you fit into the world. I don't know. The sex house is like really easy. The square made me really depressed when that came around. I graduated from college. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do in my life? Um, I feel like I had no place in this world. I never felt more alive during my Saturn square. I was like, I found my place in the world. I feel like for me, it's like making a lot of decisions about like commitments and responsibilities and like figuring my shit out. And just random, like, opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, I'm learning now more than ever to conquer and be my own authority figure and be one with myself and give my own self-structure in this world. And I guess set up realities of what this life could be for me. I mean, I'm excited. I'm easing into, like, responsibilities and, like, going out and paying for my shit and, like, um, just... Well, now more than ever, I just want to manifest having big boy money and big boy job. But I did want to ask, is Saturn return forgiving to some and punishing to others? Like, what's the deal? Um, well, I think that Saturn gives to all who do the work. So Saturn, if you're not going to do the work, it's you're not going to be rewarded. And I think that's the most important thing that a lot of people don't realize is that in life, you have to do the work to get things. There are no shortcuts. And the more shortcuts that you take, the more things are going to backfire because you may not be prepared for the task at hand. No, no, it's true. I mean, Saturn is all about karma. But what is karma? Do you think, do you associate the word karma with Saturn? Um, I always think what goes around comes around in one way or another. And I think that just because we don't see it happening in things maybe that people are posting on Instagram, it doesn't mean that they're not happening in their life, you know? So I think that in today's world, it is easy to project something different, like what Albie said before, a different persona. Um, And I think that when we do that, it's hard to gauge like we would maybe 20 years ago, what's going on IRL behind the scenes. But I also feel, because there's less communication, I think, you know, talking, having conversations on the phone. But I do think that, you know, everything comes full circle and everything comes to light. Yeah, so often, like, Saturn is associated with being, well, it's also known as being a degree teacher and where we set up boundaries and it's also a planet of fear because it could bring a lot of, um, you know, delays and depression. And it's really hard. It can knock someone off their feet, especially if you're not prepared. But why is it, do you think, that is often associated with our greatest fears or at least one of our fears in our lives? I think that 
it can be. I also think that I would, I always resonate Pluto with that as well, just because I think that Pluto takes you to the dark side, the side of yourself that you may not want to see. Saturn may make things more noticeable and says you can work through them and you can change. So does Pluto. But I think that the way that they hit our lives is very differently. But I always say that for me, Pluto has, I'm sorry, Saturn has really just been more of like, if you do the work, it will be all good. If you don't, then like things will come in the way. So you have the high road to live or the not high roads to live. And that's up to you. I totally love that you put spells and magic tips into your book. And I was wondering, like, where did that inspiration come from? Because it's definitely one of the things, one of the many things that makes your book so unique, like inspiration behind this and the spells. Yeah. Well, um, I write for the Hood Witch and I thought it would be really great to include her in the book just because she has such a wealth of knowledge. And I was always curious about what crystals and what magic spells and tarot, you know, can help with. And I was really lucky because a lot of wonderful people, Ammo, Christine O'Day, the fitness witch, she was wanting to be a part of it. Renee Watt and Sarah Potter and Brie Luna, the owner of the Hood Witch. So I felt very blessed that I had a lot of really amazing spiritual practitioners take a part and insert their wisdom and guidance into the book. What do you feel like your personal relationship with, with magic is? Like, do you feel like, well, obviously there's so many energies that surround us that it is kind of a daily thing, but also like, how do you view magic in your life? Like, how would you define magic and how do you personally use magic? I mean, I think that it's okay. I mean, I think that we all are magical beings. I think we're all attuned to the nature and the rhythms of the universe. So I think that we're all made of magic and stardust and water. <laughs> so I think that you know, those of us who are really attuned to the rhythms of the world, like we are magical people. And I think that it doesn't being a witch or being magical or being spiritual comes in many different ways. And you would be surprised by how many different people I've spoken to, you know, from construction workers from Louisiana to, you know, high priestesses, in Salem, you know, who's like, basically are magical people and witches and who are really into magic, astrology and tarot. Definitely too. Definitely true. I mean, right now, well, the latest magic I did was like, I'm doing candle magic because I found this oil that Annabelle Gat gave to me a while ago. Thank you, Annabelle. I just found it. And yeah, I put it into the candle magic and I made one for myself and one for my boss. And it's a, it's a manifestation candle. And, well, when I lit it up, it started sparkling and howling. And they say spirits are near when that happened. So, magical moment. Oh, that's awesome. See, you're a, you're a magical person. I think that we all are magical. And I always say, you know, if it's not for you, then don't follow me on Instagram. <laughs> 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 
That's Uh-oh. what else would you, just, you know, <laughs> or it's free. It's free. <laughs> exactly. You can unsubscribe. It's just gonna, nothing's going to happen. Oh, since we're doing spooky talk right now, I have a question for you. Do you believe in ghosts? And have you seen a ghost if you do? I believe in ghosts. Um, the Hood Witch actually, she did a podcast with Kesha and they were talking about ghosts. And I think she was, it was really cool and insightful. So you all should check it out if you believe in ghosts. But I believe in everything. I always say, what do I know? You know, the world is full of many different crazy things. Like, I know very little compared to everything else that goes on in the world. Also, Lisa, if you were a body of water, what would you be? Um, if I was a body of water... I think I'd like to be, like, a pond with lily pads, you know, Mm -hmm. and flowers. Like, a placid pond with, like, lily pads and, like, little ducks swimming in it. I love that. It's kind of, like, understated, but a lot is still going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love... I remember when I used to go um, canoeing and I used to go kayaking in the summers we used to always go in like lakes and like you know big ponds and I always like always would get caught up in the lily pads and I was like I actually like it here it's kind of like peaceful you know you have frogs jumping around you have like fish swimming underneath it all you have like ducks like roaming it's it's enjoyable (laughs) it's placid Hannah what body of water would you be I would be like um uh what's it called like a waterfall that you have to hike to get to and there's it's like super super blue water and there's like purple flowers all around it and maybe there's like a full moon over it and I don't know maybe there's like mermaids fl- like swimming around in the lagoon. <laughs> that would be nice some mermaids, yeah. Mhm. Just hanging out braiding each other's hair. All I can think of, like, I'm feeling very New York City at this moment. Um, I'm also feeling very Italy. I'm feeling very Pompeii. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I want to go to Mykonos. I, I don't know. Right now, I just really want to travel. So any body of water that could help me roam around the world would be my body of water. When you're, when you're writing horoscopes, like, or writing things for certain, for certain signs, like, okay, recently... Your post with Tinder, the Pisces one, that one fucking got me where it says, let's text all summer long and never meet up IRL. Like, do you think, <laughs> that was so funny, first of all, so good. But do you think of, like, certain people, kind of, where you're like, you know, this is about, like, a specific Taurus, or, like, how do you kind of channel that? Pisces one was, I, someone commented about it, and I'm not even gonna lie, that was literally written about my mother, so... <laughs> But to answer your question, no, I just think about the archetypes from the signs. But the Pisces one was just written about my mother because, you know, she never answers the phone or, like, she'll have these, like, long conversations with me about, like, nothing through text message. And then, you know, she'll be like, oh, I'll be like, oh, can I call you? And she'll be like, okay, and she just won't answer, you know, so... (laughs) 
That's like such a Pisces thing to be like, what? Like the phone's ringing, huh? Like, no, I just want to talk to you. Like, these are my boundaries. I don't, I don't have time for that. So, you know, my mother also, she talks with like all of her friends and I'm like, oh, are you going to see your friends? And she's like, no, I don't want to, but I'll talk to them on the phone. So that's where I got that one from. But all the others are based on the archetype. So I was, I was so called out. I was like, wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's like, I've done this so many times. (laughs) Yeah. My mother is just notorious for doing stuff like that. It's really funny. Because it's, you know, it's a lot of energy as a Pisces to, like, physically be around somebody else. You're picking up a lot. It's nice to just yell to text. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, like, on my time when I'm up for it. Lisa, I was wondering if this is, like, not an offhand question, but are you, like, spiritual at all or, like, religious? Religious? Um, I believe that there's a higher power. I believe that everyone believes that there's a higher power people do in one way, shape or another. No, I mean, it is true. Like Nietzsche said, like, God is dead, but like, that doesn't mean you can go around killing people just because there's no God. Um, people will always find a way to like, have, bring meaning and purpose into their life. Like people need meaning and purpose into their lives to make it all worth it. Like it's not something we can live without like i don't know like well right now i'm just studying the kabbalah my dad is a kabbalistic healer um my dad i mean my family has always been invested in the kabbalah there is a long history between my family and the kabbalah who you know they're kabbalistic scholars Rashi, I think, was one of my ancestors. Um, so I've always sort of had this ingrained in my upbringing. And a Kabbalistic healer is, you know, inserting the mystic, mystic, um, you know, understandings of the Kabbalah into helping people attain their their goals. It's kind of like mysticism and magic. So, yeah, my dad's very invested in that. Rashi, though, that's like the Kabbalah dude. Oh my god, you have like an ancient magical lineage. Yeah, he's my, I forgot that, I don't know the name of the book. I mean, I've seen it, but it's just about like my family and it's about my, you know, my grandfathers in it as well. So it ends with my grandfather. So it's just that, you know, I've always had a lot of this in my family and a lot of mysticism and a lot of like these sort of mystical ties. Also, speaking of the Kabbalah as well, what are some like important texts or books that you've read in regards to astrology or the occult or things like that that have been, you know, impactful for you? I really liked Annabelle's book. That was a really great astrology book. I think for me that I've read, I think really have done more um, in person, like magical training and magical assessments. I also find that a lot of the tarot books that I've read, I think, you know, Rachel True came out with a really great book. Um, there are a lot of really great tarot books out there. Michelle T has a really great book as well. So I think that just reading a lot throughout the years and really asking elders for advice or 
help or, you know, going to OG witches, OG tarot readers, you can really get a lot of information and a lot of understanding about what, you know, what you're doing. This is like an off-hand question, but I was wondering, like, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, pistachio without nuts. It's very hard to find. (laughs) What's your favorite ice cream flavor? My favorite ice cream flavor is definitely mint. And I know it gets a lot of shit for it, but like this meme that was floating around said it's like bitches who complain that mint ice cream tastes like toothbrush clearly have never brushed their teeth a day in their lives. Mmm, same. Chocolate chip. My mom loves, that's funny, my mother loves mint chip. That's like her jam. It's so good. I used to work at an ice cream place in high school, and it was interesting because, like, I feel like the different flavors people got really aligned with their personalities. Like, all the gay girls in my town would come, and they would get mint chocolate chip ice cream with sprinkles. My mother loves mint chip. That's, like, her favorite ice cream ever. I always, I like the, my favorite is from Carvel, the soft serve pistachio. Really specific. Yeah, it's really good with I might have adopted this from Lana, but if a man tastes like mint ice cream when I kiss them, it means I'm really into them. Oh, you should get a lip smacker. Have you guys ever heard of those? They're these like lip balms that we used to wear back in the day and they would come in different flavors. One was like strawberry, like shortcake and they were really great. The whole point was that you're supposed to wear them when you're kissing so that you're Lips taste like a flavor. This girl, she said something and it was, we're talking about like feelings or like little things that we appreciate and really like. And she was, she mentioned that she loves when you can like taste somebody's chapstick when you kiss them and you can like remember that. And I I thought about that and I was like, huh, I'd never really considered that. And it's always just like stuck with me. Who do you look up to in your field of like astrology and... I look up to everyone. I think that everyone has a lot of information and insights and everyone brings their own persona and interpretations to the table. So I think that we all kind of contribute to each other and we all help each other grow and become better astrologers. I mean, I always say that, like, everyone, you know, we all are in a community and it's really important to work together. And I think that, you know, since we're in a community that's really small and we all kind of know each other or some way or another through social media, that we all should be giving each other love and support and, you know, really helping everyone expand because one great thing for one person is really amazing for everyone in the community. It's just helping everyone with, like, their plight, you know? Yeah, definitely. I feel like you operate in, like, a world of, like, law of abundance. The more you give, the more you get back. And I I feel that, too. Except for me as a Leo, I, like, get stuck in my own world, and it's hard for me to get out of it. (laughs) I want it all. I I always make a joke, remember, and, um... And um, Charlie of the Chocolate Factory, what does she say? Violet, is that her name? She always says, I want today, I want tomorrow. She wants everything. That should be, we have to find out what sign she was. Yeah, I think that was my, maybe Veruca, but she must That was Veruca Salt, Veruca Salt, yeah. Maybe she was an Aries. Maybe, maybe that was Veruca Salt. 
she was definitely probably a fire sign because I feel like she's operating from like wanting to fulfill her soul and spiritual needs. But I was wondering, what is the vibe for tomorrow, at least astrologically? So tomorrow is the 17th. And tomorrow the sun shares a minor frustration with Pluto in a quince conks, which is, um, it's basically like an inconjunct. So it's a very intense minor frustration and what it does is it can make us all feel a little bit uncomfortable in our own skin or it can make us all really want to take over the world like Veruca Salt. Lisa, you have so much knowledge. Curious if you've ever hosted an astrology class and if you did what was that experience like? I was very fortunate to do a wonderful event with Condé Nast this year and with Cosmopolitan magazine, and I led an astrology lecture about how to read your birth chart for the staff. So it was wonderful, and I'm very grateful for it. Of course, they should be hiring the best of the best, and Lisa, you're one of the best of the best when it comes to the astrology field. Like, you know so much. Yeah, it was, thank you so much. It was wonderful. That means a lot coming from everyone and especially from you both. It was a lot of fun and it was great because a lot of people, you know, were very excited to do it and I love doing it. So it was wonderful. I really do hope so. I think we could. I think I have the notes figured out, but like... I just need free time. You guys should do it. That would be so much fun. Or you should do a class on how to make memes. Definitely. Oh my god, that'd be so funny. I feel like we're in like a weird cultural state on the internet right now. Like, the internet is kind of reaching an interesting level of maturation. Isn't the internet having a Saturn return? Um, I think it did. It wasn't the internet established 1990s <laughs> probably so let's look up the world wide web the internet <laughs> the internet I feel like I remember when that was going on it happened oh let's see like the late 80s so I think it already had a Saturn return it's well past its Saturn return I mean I think that that was like you know, the big, the big blow up, you know, of everyone on the internet. It's like, what? You don't know what Google is? It's like, huh? So, I mean, I'm looking it up. In 1991, the commercial internet exchange was founded, but it started in 1990. Yeah, that's interesting. 1989. So it's already had its Saturn return. It's Saturn return was, that's so weird. It's Saturn return was in, guess what sign it was in? Aquarius. Capricorn? So you say Capricorn, you say Aquarius. So, okay, let's see. I'm looking it up right now. Am I ephemeris? And who do you think is right and who do you think is wrong? I, I have no confidence in my answer. <laughs> okay was probably in Capricorn just because I think that would be the time when like Saturn is at its most powerful and it's uh, 
a place where like just anyone can have an opinion and have a voice and get information and be empowered through technology it happened when it happened when saturn was in capricorn and what does that mean it means that last year saturn was in capricorn in the beginning of covid and we needed the internet more than ever yeah i could have been interning and working at midtown but that didn't go through so i was at home i didn't have my little gay intern moment where i got people coffees and like look cute and was being a little maid Ugh, that could have been the dream i feel like we also saw like a shift in how we use the internet and depended on it and also like how people's like grew from the internet and shit just like blew up from the internet yeah i mean i think that more now more than ever we've realized that you know we have to really use the internet and how we basically handle every aspect of our lives it's like what like why go to a grocery store anymore like you know why go you know why not just order it online i mean someone has to get we you know i mean i go to the grocery store but it's more like we rely on the internet for everything now and i think that it's become such an integrated part of our lives that we take it for granted. I remember when I actually had to go to the library and look stuff up in books. That was crazy. Wow. <laughs> I know. I would have to go there and I'd have my library card and like, you would actually have to pay if your book was overdue. Well, I still go to the library because I'm not willing to pay for certain books. Um... I guess the library, too. I mean, I haven't been since COVID, yeah. you know, the, the outbreak happened, but I would go to the library, the local library, once a week with my mother, and we would take out books, and it was, like, our activity that we would do together. We would go to Starbucks, and we go to the library, and then I would go home and read my new book. Oh, my so. God, my mom used to take us to the library, too. It was so fun. Yeah, I love, like, I love the feeling it. feeling of libraries and the, like, stillness and the calm. So much fun. And I like how, you know, they separate, like, like the kids from, like, the adults because the kids, like, run around. The kids' mm -hmm. section is, like, the place to be, you know, because they always have snacks and, like, juice, mm -hmm. so. A carpet or something. Yeah. Story time. Story time. <laughs> I still love story time. Oh my god. In high school we had to do like community service and for part of mine I volunteered at this library in my hometown and it was such a cute library and I was basically like they had like an art exhibit and so I was like watching over the art exhibit and like helping out with that and it was so fun to get to just like spend hours in the library and just like do nothing and be with the books. Oh that's so amazing. I remember when I was growing up, they actually made us from a Dewey Decimal System, and oh I failed my test, and I was like, I happen to believe that when I'm, time I'm an adult, I will not need to learn this, you know, because in my head, I was like, what's the point? Someone works in the library, they'll help me, <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny because by the time I was, like, older, you know, you didn't need it, so it's an irrelevant thing, and it's crazy because my cousin and my sister and my mother they still know the dewey decimal system oh my god yeah my mom dewey like she we have a huge collection of books and so she dewey decimaled 
and like labeled every single book that we have and like organized every single one by the Dewey Decimal System. And I've never learned it. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, what kind of like old school stuff is this? It's really yes. funny. But I knew back then I was psychic back then. I was like, I know I'm never going to need this in my life. And guess what? I never did. <laughs> I failed. I failed. Like I had to take a class in high school, and I failed it. And then you know, because they would still teach it, and I failed it in elementary school. I always used to fail it. I'd never study, and I'd be like, "What is this hogwash?" <laughs> but I was psychic, and look, we don't need it. No one even knows what that is. I'd make a bet if you were to stop people on the street, one out of, like, 20 people would know what the Dewey Decimal System is. Oh, I don't even know what that is. I was just, like, here being entertained by this talk right now. It's, like, how they organize books in the library by numbers. So it's, like, the numbers represent, isn't it, like, a different subject or something? And, like, within that system, it's, like... I guess it's by alphabetical order or topic. I have no idea because I failed all the exams on it. But they'd be like 54.03.107 is what type of book. And you're like, I don't know. Okay, I may have a Mercury and Virgo, but I'm not the most organized person. I follow my own little orders. But maybe it has to do with Saturn. So I want you to know, what is your insight on... Saturn in the 10th house because me and Hannah both share that placement natally except mine is retrograde. Okay so Saturn retrograde usually means that you always have an issue with authority ever since you were young because you're meant to be your own boss and make the rules. So probably at a young age you didn't really vibe with the rules in your school or were like these rules are dumb like you can wear short shorts it doesn't matter you know or like for me it was always like you could never wear a skirt that was longer than like your knees you know or your fingertips to your knees or something like that or like the length I don't know so I was like that's stupid because like everyone you know would like wear hike up their skirts you know and no one was looking and I'm like rules are dumb like that you know and I think that you probably had that sort of growing up and basically you're supposed to be your own boss and you're supposed to lead people and you're supposed to really be an innovator and change you know, the status quo and the rules. And that's what it means in your 10th house. Um, for Hannah, what it means is Saturn in the 10th house could mean that you really found your calling at a young age, or maybe you found your calling later in life. And it just means that you're really going to spend a lot of time being dedicated to like the one goal that you had or like the one career. And you're really going to have a long-standing career in that area. Now, my mother was has Saturn in her tenth house, and she was she was she, she was Pisces teacher. No, she's a Pisces, but her Saturn is in her tenth house, and oh, yeah. she had she was a teacher for like over fifty years, and she really enjoyed it. And she remembers like all of her students. Thank you so much. Like, that's so insightful to hear. The other day I was reading this book about Saturn in the 10th house and the fact that, like, maybe, like, these kids didn't ha grow up with, like, 
a parent who didn't give them enough love that they needed. <laughs> and it made them resentful of authority. <laughs> and now in this lifetime, well, the good ones figure out a way to be nice to their bosses and to follow rules. And if they do, they're like, they get rewarded for it, you know. If, which is kind of a mindset I have now. Like, I'm always nice to people who are older than me or people in authority because I know, like, you know what? I'm going to get good karma out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's just, it can be interpreted different ways. I don't, you know, I just feel that you are going to live your best life and you're going to be successful no matter what. What would you say, so like for me, my Saturn in Taurus is squaring my Aquarius Venus. What would you say, like how would you interpret that? Um, I would say that with the Saturn Venus square, there is a little bit of feeling as though you never have enough love, attention, or money just because Saturn can restrict and Venus is about all of those like jovial things like love, money, and affection. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially about like, like money and things like that and like security and just like my sense of just values and I feel like it can also be kind of just like restrictions for me around like feeling and experiencing love i always feel bad when i have to read people publicly <laughs> no it's it's okay i love it i live for it we're all everyone is so amazing and everyone i think is so great but like in our community and i think that we're you know really helping people and i think that we're also really learning a lot about ourselves which is amazing you know in the process so we're i'm happy to be a part of such an amazing collection of amazing people lisa super excited to go and catch italian ices with you really soon and i do want to know before we end because i think we're going to be concluding now it's been almost an hour how no not how is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh, my book, The Saturn Return Survival Guide, is currently out. If you'd like to purchase it at Barnes & Noble, we actually just sold out of it at Amazon and Target. I believe they restocked it at Walmart because it sold out there as well. Um, I also am going to have another project which comes out in December and November time around the holidays, so stay tuned. And you can follow me on Instagram at Lisa Stardust Astro. You can also find me on Twitter at Lisa Stardust underscore and on Facebook at Lisa Stardust or my website, lisastardust.com. Fabulous, amazing, beautiful. We're all going to get a copy. We're all going to buy extra copies of Lisa Stardust. Saturn Return Survival Guide just so we can like really make it you know, a collector's item. No, I literally Actually, bought it during the podcast. <laughs> oh, I would have sent you a copy. We're it was more funny. Out. It was funny because I was, you know, it's Mercury retrograde talking with an old friend and they were like, Oh, like it's on, I'm going to buy it on eBay. It's on eBay. And I'm like, my book's on eBay. Like, well, <laughs> I was like, 
it's like I should I should probably start selling my copies there. I'm just kidding. Make make a few extra dollars. I was making a joke, but it's sort of a very surreal experience and I'm very grateful to have the support and love of everyone. And thank you for having me in your podcast. This was amazing. Thank you, Lisa. I wish you all the luck. Um, Thanks. And I wish you both a lot of luck and love too this year. Kind of take us off. All right. We have to send y'all back to earth. So we are signing off. It has been a lovely time with the dirt bags. Fabulous. Later guys. Is a green, a red roses too. I see them blue for me and you, and I see to myself. Oh, wonderful world. Oh, 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 oh,